Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of the Truth Podcast with your boy, Calvin Olivas. Hope everyone's having a great, great Wednesday night, Thursday morning, whenever you listen to this podcast. I hope you're having a great day, great night, whatever it is. Um, lately, I've been hearing from the Lord, and He's been giving me another word, and it goes something along the lines of, uh, really, I mean, I was just, I was just, you know, thinking, pondering, praying, and I was wondering, you know, where does God want me to take the message? And he, he told me something along the lines uh, of having uh, the, the notion out there to tell us Christians, especially maybe in the younger audience, uh, but even in the older audience, I've noticed a lot of this in the older Christian church as well, the old church, as I refer to it here on the on the show. Um, the old church has this idea of being cool, of getting along with the world, of being lukewarm, as they say. And Frankly, we haven't really heard sermons on lukewarm Christianity in quite some time. And uh, it's a travesty, but really it's a, it's a message of where we are in the Christian church, where we've gone, where we've come from, where we've really uh, extended ourselves to. And it's really where God led me to believe that we have to have, we must have a sermon on or at least a podcast on. I don't even know if I could call them officially sermons um, just yet, but certainly on the podcast, he told me to relay this message, and that is for us Christians to stop trying to be cool, to stop going along to get along with the world. God did not call us to conform to the world, but to transform it for his purposes. He is not a God of conformity and complacency, but a God of radical change and swift action. He has built everything in his image, And he made it so each and every single one of us are built in such a manner as well. And to love monotony is not in the human condition as God designed it. God built us with an innate will to manifest new ideas and new forms of exterminating issues in our lives, coming up with solid solutions to problems we may traverse over the course of our lifetimes. Now, where did Christians begin thinking it was okay to be cool, okay to be hip, that it was the normal, natural next step into being one with God? Whether we start dabbling in drugs like it was something to be longed after in the scriptures. Whether we start being so promiscuous even after the Bible states that sexual relations are only to be had within the confines of marriage between one man and one woman. Whether we start getting so comfortable with divorcing each other over frivolous matters rather than toughing out short-term battles for long-term victory. Whether we begin to start seeing God as a joke in his church. When did the world begin to infiltrate our body? When did Satan hijack our movement? The answer to all these questions is very simple. Once again, it is rooted in the knowledge and the fact that we have just lost total faith and direction in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with whose blood we're redeemed. We turned from God when His Holy Spirit convicted us so long ago to not turn our eyes to the right or to the left. We decided we could do our own thing, that it would be okay for the devil to take up some residence in the pews, for homosexuals to marry in churches, for the government to step over us at every single turn, we let our guard down. And this is extremely important to know because a lot of false preachers and Christians preach the idea that God doesn't know what's going on, that humans are the ones that are to direct the church and self-govern their actions, and if necessary, make up rules outside of the Bible so as to recreate the church in the image of man. This, they argue, will get us back on track, on the right track. Well, they're utterly wrong, and they know it. And yet they still say these things, which only guarantees their positions among the smoke and fire of hell. We've let ministers without heavenly credential walk right on up to our pulpits and play church. 
We've let philosophers run the cornerstones of our foundations rather than godly advice and counsel. We've devised that and decided, really, that human thinking is best served without the guidance of a heavenly voice. Christians went away at every turn. Scared to preach the good news because the idea of losing a friend or a family member pains them too much. They're more scared of holding on to earthly relationships, so instead they sacrifice their heavenly one. They shut up when they're confronted at the dinner table on what their points of view are and will seek to be peace-bearing hippies in a time where we are called to combat in the service of the Lord. Psalms 27.1 states, um, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That verse should be our prayer. Another falsity we've been wooed into believing is the idea that God is a God of peace and only a God of peace. Well, this is simply ridiculous. God is a God of determination. When he wants something done, there is nothing on earth, over the earth, or under the earth that will halt his will in achieving his aims. He will move mountains, shake the heavens, split the ground, cause the waters to rise, light fires no one can extinguish, all to get his point across. Let us not be continually led into this lie that he is somehow incapable of destruction. For the one thing our God knows better than anything and anyone is that destruction is a part of reconstruction. Christians have this fuzzy view of God, as if he's some teddy bear in heaven nestled up against a pillow. My friends, our God is a God of love, but he is most certainly also a God of might and strength and wrath and judgment. So many of us have unfortunately forgotten that. Many in the old church don't understand our God is complex. They think he is simple and meek, and they insult our Lord with such an analysis. The fact is he is the most complex, most awesome, most powerful being on the face of eternity. He is eternity. He is infinity, and we worship him. Yet we're scared to admit this much. We decide to hide our light under the covers decide to reject him in the sight of our friends and family because we are somehow ashamed to cast him as, well, really his due, as our chief superior. Why? Because we're trying to be cool. We're trying to put up the image that we all aren't Jesus freaks, that we all don't sound crazy, that we're all hating on lifestyles just to hate on them. The reality is that we are supposed to be absolute Jesus freaks. It's in our name. Christians. Not in the sense of running up to people in parking lots and scaring non-believers half to death by cramming revelations down their throat. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm simply asserting it as a known commodity that Jesus Christ died for our sins on a Roman cross and rose on the third day. He wasn't ashamed to be pierced for our transgressions. So why are we so ashamed of him? Psalms 34, 4-5 through 5 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Now, for those Christians who didn't get the memo, here it is in plain English. Shame should not be on your minds when you're serving Christ. Get over your worldly convictions and face your God with a love and a passion you've been misplacing in worldly living and leisure. We've been taught as Christians that to be aggressive is a sin in the eyes of the world. And this is only because the world hates everything and anything that stands for God. They don't like people who are aggressive until they serve a political aim straight from hell like the hideous transgender movement or the revolution of sodomites or the idea that parenting is now a one-person task. 
The world has taught us to hate ourselves for loving a being we should all be in love with, and one we should be freely discussing without shame or guilt in doing so. And we have been so eager to hear out the claims against us, and not only hear them out, but believe them as if they were coming from some grand authority, when in actuality they come straight from the devil himself. Why are Christians so scared to confront the world should be a better way to phrase this question. Why do we stand up to Satan knowing we have all the tools in place to do so, knowing we have his maker on our side? We shouldn't be afraid. We've become pacified babies, content with just letting the world take over a body divinely given to us by the one who holds the world in his hands. It's time we start living up to that mantle, resurrecting our status by not seeking worldly paths on the back, but godly approval that can only come with prayer, supplication, and reading our Bibles on a routine basis. Now, I speak to you guys on this matter like I speak to myself on it. Don't think that these sermons or lectures or podcasts, whatever you want to call them, are simply ones given to you all to digest as I sit high and mighty on my throne. I'm nobody without the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ and the reviving power of God. I'm just someone God has chosen for this time to be of the mind to stand up for His will, for His purpose, not our own. Trust me when I say, I understand very well the lust of the flesh, the call to be more like the world, the call to be led into deviousness and lawlessness. Sin tastes good in the moment. It tricks you too. And in that, it acts like any addictive substance. It tells you that everything will get better the more you dig, that everything will be better the more you uh, splash more dirt on yourself. And like humans, we believe this is actually going to get us somewhere. And maybe we're not even wrong there, but that somewhere isn't going to be heaven. Folks, we have to keep seeking God. Man isn't going to get it done. So stop taking notes from failed philosophers and false architects of thought among our populace. Machines aren't going to get it done because men make machines. And again, men are flawed and doomed. We have to find our sole answer for living in God. We have to preach correct thinking that is governed according to the scriptures And we must practice that preaching in a way that edifies others and enlightens others who are not in the faith, or are at least intimidated in some way by our ways. Let's be the light. And let's keep pressing forward with the truth. It's not easy, but Jesus said it best when he said in John 16.33 that in this world we will have trials and tribulations, but we must take heart for he has overcome the world. We should thank him every day for that reality. And I know, like I said, a lot of us in here right now on the podcast, we have a tough time with getting away from worldly actions, especially if you're you're younger. I mean, I'm speaking on a personal note. I'm speaking as someone who has been, has dipped his foot in the world, maybe half of his body <laughs> into the world. Uh, I, if the world was a, a metaphorical pool, uh, you could use that as an analysis for yourself as well. Uh, I always say you dip your, your feet in. Uh, but for me, a good majority of my body was in that worldly pool. And it, was, uh, it, it really was a, a very terrible thing. And it's, if, like I said, in the moment, it feels great. In the moment, sin feels awesome. Sin is like, whew, like I said, it's like a drug. You know, it's just, it just sucks you in. Once you have a little taste, you got to have more. And you got to have more and you got to have more and more and more. That's a like that's how humans think. That's how we operate. We can't just be satisfied with a little bit of sin. 
we're lured in by a little bit of sin, right? And then all of a sudden, things get a little hazy. And before you know it, you are committing acts you would have never thought you would be committing. You'd be in these positions, these vulnerable positions that you would have never seen yourself uh, in years before. If anything, you were probably making fun of people who were in such positions. And then there you are, you know, God making you eat crow, making you eat your own words and despite yourself. That's, that's uh, you know, another reason to kind of stay quiet about certain things. <laughs> to, sometimes you, you're better off, you're better served. In, in terms of uh, speaking of other situations and not knowing about those situations fully, uh, it's best that you are uh, served in silence. Because, uh, yeah, God has a way of making you see things differently once you're on the other side of it. And he will make you see the other side of it to show a little more empathy. And, uh, well, uh, for me, just personally speaking, I can't attest to everybody who listens to the podcast, but I can say it for myself personally that I was involved in uh, plenty of sin. Plenty of sin. Um, I had stepped away from the church. And not to say that the church was, you know, this great source. I told you I come from Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly... um, uh, God bless those people, but they don't serve God. They serve money. They serve greed. They serve power. They serve ambitious human hearts. They don't serve the heart of God. And I was part of that congregation. I, I noted that this was the case in that church, and that's why I decided to leave that church. And in doing so, though, and not having a strong refuge to kind of fall back on, to say, okay, I have an alternative route to go to in this valley, in this community, I began to um, seek out other ways to fill the void that God, uh, that I had once filled with God and the Word and Scripture and prayer. And I began to seek out earthly, fleshly desires uh, in many forms. And it was, uh, it really, I just, it recently has, has ceased. And I've, and it's a constant battle, honestly. It really is a constant battle um, for me personally on a very, on an emotional level, on a spiritual level. It's a constant tug of war. We're in a constant spiritual war, um, the Bible tells us. And this isn't anything new if you're a Christian, you understand that. But it, it just, this is my own personal experience. So when I say we have to stop trying to be cool, I speak from a personal standpoint. I know what it is to try to fit into the world. And even the world will reject you. If you're a real Christian, if God has really called you for something, the world, and I had this happen to me many times at parties and at certain events, uh, they, they had this look in their eye, these people, these worldly individuals, and clearly worldly individuals. They had this glaze over their eye when they would turn to me and they would say to me, you're not like, you're not like the rest of us. They would literally tell me this. I mean, this is people, these are people that don't know much about God. And if they do, they, they thoroughly hate the idea of God. But they would seek me out like, like uh, as bad as the metaphor may be, like dogs. They would just sniff me out and they'd be like, you know, you don't fit. You know, you, something, something's wrong with you. You're not part of the, you're in the VIP section, but you're not necessarily um, like, really, what are you doing here? It was that kind of attitude. And it wasn't to say that I'm a bad person. This is just saying, in general, they felt a spirit about me. Uh, like many of you, I'm sure, probably feel when you guys try to blend in with the world. And this is God's way of saying, uh, even through these people, that you don't belong here. And you know you don't belong here. I used the reference in my first episode of being like Jonah um, and Nineveh. And that is very true, at least for my, for, for my story, for, for my testimony 
I was like Jonah. I did not want to be called into the ministry. I did not want to be called into doing Bible studies and, you know, uh, Bible group discussions or just even having the Bible on the podcast. I didn't want to. I mean, those guys can, um, or actually, no, you can't. You can't go back and look at my last, uh, well, many years of trying to do secular talk radio. And I have a blast doing secular talk radio, talking about sports, talking about politics. Uh, but it just didn't seem right. At every turn, it just didn't sit right with me. At every turn, it just felt like, for some reason, it just was not what I was totally called to do. You're kind of in the area. I felt like God was saying that, like, you're kind of in the area, Calvin, but you're not exactly where I want you. I want you in my church. I want you serving my people. I want you reading from the Bible, reading scripture. And it was something, again, that I fended off, and I would kind of brush it away by going into my own little, you know, journey on my boat, which is, you know, what kind of like what Jonah did. He wanted to go to Tarshish, and uh, there I was on my own little journey, um, just, you know, living a worldly lifestyle. And I mean, I mean, yeah, it was, I, I think about it now and I just think like, wow, that was really, that was really me and not too long ago, like I said. Um, but it's just amazing that what happens when you finally say, you know what, I'm not going to try to be cool anymore. I'm not going to try to, not going to try to fit in. I'm not going to try to conform to this world anymore. And I'm going to let God do his thing. I'm going to let God just move in my life. Okay, you won. That's it. It's kind of like when Jacob wrestled the angel, I give in. You know, even though Jacob didn't give in, but he did, he get the, he got injured. I mean, he couldn't walk right for the rest of his life because he wrestled with the angel of God. But it's kind of like, it's that metaphor. You know, that whole story can be used as a metaphor, as a symbol of how humans are constantly wrestling with God, constantly in conflict with our creator from the very get, from the very get. And this is the rebellious spirit of the devil, the rebellious spirit of the world that makes sin feel real good for a second. That makes you say, hey, I'm doing it right. I'm doing it my way. You know, like Frank Sinatra once said, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it feels good, like I said, but it's just not the way to live your life, especially if you're a Christian, especially if you're called to be different and people are calling you out for being different and you're still avoiding that call. Folks, that is not a great place to be. That is not a good place to be because then, then you're really lost. Then you're like, okay, if I'm not serving God, I'm, I'm serving the devil. And I don't even know what that looks like until you're finally in the mess of it all. And you're like, oh my gosh, what happened to me? Where, where am I? Where am I going? Um, who am I really? You know, all these identity crises kind of seep in and you begin to question yourself at every turn and you forget really about the fun-loving spirit that you were when you first knew God, when you were totally connected to Him. And it sounds so cliche, but it happens all the time because humans are very predictable. We do this whole thing where we, we have a good thing and we mess it up. And it's like, well, why did you do that? Well, I don't know. I want to try something different. Well, different got you in trouble. So now you're back over here. Why'd you even leave in the first place? Well, now we know different didn't work out. Well, we knew that before, you know, but it is what it is. We can't go and change the past. We can't go and uh, renovate our history. We, uh, unless you're, you know, psychopathic and you just have many histories, many aliases and all that. Um, you can't do that. God knows you. Everybody knows you. Uh, everybody knows you who you've come in contact with. You can't run away from your past. God doesn't ask you to run away from your past. God does not want you to run away from your past. What he wants from you is honesty. He wants loyalty. He wants competency. And he doesn't ask you to be perfect. We're not perfect. We're human. We're flawed. We're going to sin. 
But to actively live in sin and try to proclaim to be a Christian, they say it's better off, uh, Jesus said it was better for you to claim you never knew him than to say you're a Christian and live in sin. And right now we have a lot of Christians trying to be cool and in the process of being cool are living in sin and forfeiting their eternal reward while also claiming that they have eternal reward, which is bogus. It doesn't make any sense. It's not biblically accurate. And that kind of preaching must cease immediately. If it doesn't, like I said, they have a place in hell for them. It's reserved for you for preaching false doctrine, blasphemy against the Lord. No biggie. God has a certain special place for people like that. You cannot live a, what is it? What does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? A dog cannot serve two masters. He will either disobey one and obey the other and vice versa. He is, <laughs> this is not rocket science, folks. We can't have our feet in between the red and the blue. Pick a side. Pick a side. It's, like I said, it's not easy. But it is easy when you really weigh the options. Do you want temporary relief from your pain and eternal pain? Or do you want God to go in and fill you up with His understanding, His knowledge, His goodness, His patience, His love, His hope, His promise for your future? I prefer the latter. And I preferred the former for quite some time, but thank God uh, I still had, you know, my wits about me in a sense where God was able to snap me out of my dumbness and have me come back to the light. But it's, it's, it's a constant struggle. No one's saying it's not. No one's saying it's easy until you look at the alternatives of what you got. Until you look at, hmm, I'm here right now on the bad side. If I go continue to go down this road, I'm going to end up there permanently in hell. Or do I go come back to the light, come back to the good side? And <laughs> risk temporary reward with eternal reward. I prefer that. Uh, with that, I'll leave you guys until the next time. I don't know when I'm going to be back on here on the Truth Podcast, but uh, till the next time, I'll be um, praying for you guys. I'll be in. I'll be hearing from God, seeing where He wants me to take the um, uh, the sermons, um, uh, the the sermons, the podcasts, whatever you want to call them. Um, at this point, I guess you could call them sermons because they do incorporate. They're pretty much. I mean, they are. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say it without you know. I mean, they pretty much are sermons. I don't know. You guys, I should probably do a poll on Instagram. Are they sermons or are they lectures or are they... I hope they're not lectures. I don't really want to come off that way. But um, uh, either way, and if it is a lecture, it's a lecture with me. Like I said, these are all lessons to myself. I'm just talking to myself out loud about how I should be. I'm really... If I sound angry or abhorrent, um, it's really... uh, Many times it's because um, I saw a lot of this in myself... And I, I don't like that. I don't like that I was able to corrupt the Word of God to the extent that I did uh, in my own heart. And now I want to, uh, well, I'm really, it's funny because my my story is a, a bit different in the sense that I was running away from God. And the more I ran away from God, the more I began to see why I was running, quote unquote, from God. Uh, yes, I was running from God. But I was also running away from the God that the church had concocted. This fake God that was always all merciful, never wrathful, never judgmental. It's actually what got me back into, uh, into preachers. I, I love listening to sermons with hardcore, old school Bible preaching. 
John Barnett, John Hagee, Tony Evans, John MacArthur, uh, old school guys, old school guys that just preach the word, how the word is to be preached. And that's funny because even when I was running from God, I was getting these calls in my head by God. He's telling I like the randomest things I'd go on YouTube on it, go on and look for these videos. And I'd find the randomest videos, um, to, to, to look at. It was like, okay, I guess I'm going to listen. I haven't listened to Tony Evans in like 10 years, man. What the heck? He's listening to him on, on, you know, KHBA 100.1. And he, I don't know if he's still there anymore, but I, I found his podcast and I was, I started tuning into him and I was, I, I was like, you know, why am I, I'm I'm like so weird. I'm like trying to get away. And I'm also like wanting to come back because I was coming back to the truth, the truth of my God and who he is and who we serve. And it's a beautiful thing when you rediscover God, you know, it's like there, that's, that's who I was. That's who I fell in love with. Not this mamby pamby wimpy version of what God was not this watered down version. That's why I preach on, on these pastors and these ministers who, I mean, you guys are leading so many people astray. You guys are leading Christians astray and leaving us hanging dry because of your false preaching. That's another reason I am very passionate about false preaching, uh, uh, being against it, being totally against blasphemy, being totally against the idea of speaking wrongfully of our Lord, because I have witnessed firsthand what that does to Christians in the church. You lure us away, and the devil takes that as an opportunity to yank us into his realm. So because of your watered-down preaching, which you will receive condemnation for in the very near future. We are being lured into the traps of the devil. And yes, it's ultimately our decision. It's ultimately on us to make the decision to go along with the devil's plan. But it's also very much on the pastors and preachers and ministers who falsely proclaim false doctrine, lies about God, lies about Christ, lies about the Holy Spirit, lies about how the Bible is to be read, how it is to be understood. God hates it because he knows what it does to his congregation. He knows what it does to his people. He knows what it does to the body of Christ. It corrupts it and it totally fractures it. And that has got to stop. And that's why we have the new church rising. That's why we have the truth podcast. That's why we're making inroads in these areas because it's about time that we stand up to the devil's henchmen in the church and start preaching truth and luring Christians back to the gospel, back to the truth, back to our ultimate reality. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And so please go follow us on Facebook at Calvin Olivas. Go follow me on Instagram at Olivas Calvin. I don't ever post it, like I said, uh, but go follow it anyway. Uh, If you guys want to go check out my stories uh, for the show, it's the only time I post. Um, And also go follow... Uh, the, well, go subscribe to the Truth Podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. It's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, it's on Google Play. Anywhere you you can find podcasts, I am there. So uh, please go uh, subscribe and go follow us and continue to tune in. We have a lot more, lot more action planned. Uh, you guys ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. We are going full steam ahead. This is God's movement. This is God's doctrine being preached, not my own, not my own thinking, not my own will. Believe me, I saw what that looked like. This is not, this is not my will. 
Okay, this is God's will. God is moving. And God is moving quick. So let's be prepared. Let's keep on tuning in. And let's keep on reading our Bibles every day. Don't rely on me. Read your Bibles. I'm a mere human. I am flawed like the rest of you. And you cannot always just bank on Calvin's word. I know this isn't, you know, pretty. Pastors like now they just love for you to listen to just them, just what they have to say, because they're so important, right? No, God is available to everybody. We become like a bunch of Catholics all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden now it's like, oh, no, no, you cannot defy the pastor. He's holy. It's like, okay, yeah, right. I mean, God, God's chosen him for a time. But if the pastor chooses to reject his role as a true leader of truth in the church of God, in the church of Christ, then God will abandon him. And he'll pick, uh, he'll pick other people. And you are allowed and you are, it's okay to go pick up your Bibles. <laughs> I know other people will tell you it's wrong. But go and pick up your Bibles. Go and see what God is doing. And uh, just be alert. Be alert. Be vigilant. Look through all those verses and look through them properly. Scan them through. Ask God for guidance. Ask God for his discernment in your vision when you're looking over those scriptures, in his discernment, in your mind when you're interpreting them. And as you go forward in your walk with Christ, just continue to ask for his guidance in everything. Remember, we're all humans and we all make mistakes. It's only through God that we are made whole. So let's continue to do that. Go follow us on Facebook and uh, we'll see you guys next time on the Truth Podcast with Calvin Lee. was your boy signing off. Until next time, later, later. God bless you. Thank you very much.